0: I really want to see more women have bigger dreams, not even have bigger dreams because they're there. Acknowledge that it's okay to follow them and pursue them. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, Tribe. I am so super excited to bring this episode to you. We have decided to mix things up a little bit. And over the next couple of months, on occasion, like once a month-ish, I'm going to have somebody come in, other amazing entrepreneurs. A lot of them are people I know fairly well. And interview me, turn the tables, take over the podcast, explore new options in leadership, and I'm really looking forward to being able to give you my perspective in a little bit more depth. So with that in mind, my first guest interviewer is my dear friend, Dan McPherson. He is not only an amazing podcast host himself, he hosts the Dreams Are Real podcast. He is a world-class trainer. He is the CEO of Leaders Must Lead. And He's on a mission to help creatives and entrepreneurs build profit and believe that their dreams are real. He has over 25 years in different corporate roles. He's been responsible for up to 2,000 people and more than 150 million in revenue. Dan is, I think, one of the most compassionate and brilliant people that I have met. You'll definitely want to check out his podcast. I actually did an interview with him on his podcast a couple of years ago, and I think you can look for episode 96. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Of course, he was also on the podcast. I interviewed him episode 62. If you haven't listened to him on tribe of leaders, and that's the four pillars of leadership that will maximize results. And as I said, turn the tables, buckle up peeps and enjoy the ride because not only is there a ton of um, depth and truth, we also laugh our asses off. So have fun with this one. Hey everybody, Emmy Kirshner here. We are doing something totally different today, Tribe. And you're gonna see this occasionally on the podcast from now on. I have given the mic over to my good friend, Dan McPherson. And he is going to turn the tables on me and interview me. So you get to hear a little bit about my background and whatever else Dan and future, I'm going to say podcast guest takeover interviews look like, but free reign to essentially ask me anything. So without further ado, Dan, I can hardly wait. I think like you, because we just did this on your show too. I'm a little nervous now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you so much. The first time I did one of these, I think is the first time I was truly nervous on my own podcast. So I completely relate to that feeling. And and, and you got to come get me first. So that's all right. I, it was a great conversation. And now there's a payback. I mean, exploration, we get to have this beautiful, this beautiful journey together. And As I was, I think I was telling you before we started that as I was considering today, I thought of all of these different things that we could talk about. And I thought of the conversations you and I have had. I thought of what I do know about you and some things that I'd like to know about you. And we'll pitter-patter down three of the topics. I had three different paths, which were like nine topics, but I picked three of them. We're going to talk a little about leadership, which I know you'll like, and of course, is a passion topic of mine. We'll talk about movement and growth, and we'll talk about looking at the future, and we'll, we'll jump into those, and we'll start easy. We'll start with leadership. I think that's the that's the cleanest, easiest one. We'll give you a nice ramp in for your first one of these. How kind of you. <laughs> I Right? Like, I'm gentle that way. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to ramp up in a bit, but we're here. First, it e- maybe the easiest question of the day, who are leaders that you respect and why? Just pick a couple.
0: A couple. So you mean like hard two or can I throw? No, you
1: can, no, it can be three, whatever, but just who are some leaders that you really respect and why?
0: Yeah, that's a really hard question because there's a lot of people that I really enjoy. I'm going to say Allie Brown. She's a business coach uh, and I've been following her for about a year And I really like the way she thinks and it's different than I feel like coaches, especially business coaches, we're all offering kind of the same thing at some place. And I want to say like me, but maybe I'm more like her the way she thinks the way she's trying to help women entrepreneurs grow is different. And it's really about disrupting industries, norms and creating a different dialogue than the normal. 10x your sales, which annoys the living crap out of me.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you like that disruption and the, uh, and, and something that is not sounding plastic and trite yeah. and yeah. annoying, frustrating. Yeah. Take your pick. So yeah. that's, that, she's a really good example. And I don't know her. So I'm going to look her up. Who else comes to mind?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down my kids, both of them, in, in that kind of one lump, because they inspire me. Like I started, really listening to my heart and being okay with taking the risk of starting a business and being okay with ethically failing, which I've done more times than I can, I can count because I wanted to show them like they've made me the leader that I am. And they, one of the things that I really appreciated in my parenting experience was that I gave them a voice, but because they had the voice, they also had a lot to say about what was okay for them and what wasn't okay for them based on who they were. And they both had these hard boundaries where they would say to me, cause I'm like, well, be more extroverted or go do this or whatever. Cause I thought that was at the time what, you know, all teenagers or kids were supposed to be doing. And they're like, no, this is what I need. And they would really push back on me. And and I love that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I,
1: I love, I love that. So you have disruptiveness, you have pushback. I'm sensing, I'm sensing a streak here.
0: <laughs> now you know, based on our interview year a couple of years ago when I was on your show too, that I do like to change things up a bit. So
1: <laughs> yes, 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 you do The unexpected curve, yeah. but It's a beautiful thing because it takes you on that. It takes you to creating the path, and I think there's so much so much reward in creating a path or in walking the one less traveled. And there's, there's pain that comes with it for sure. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of reward in it as well. Uh, I, and I want to make sure I'm not cutting you off Is that is, are those the ones or is there yeah. another, you, you, say, say, you said, don't hold me to a hard two. I'm kind of
0: bank right. Right. On my feet. Ooh. Challenging. Yeah, all
1: right. Now Michelle Obama,
0: <laughs> definitely. She keeps popping into my head. I've been watching the first wives series on Showtime and mm. it's, it's the stories of Michelle Obama, Betty Ford, and Eleanor Roosevelt, and they're all mixed in and kind of they time hop and everything. And it's been really cool to learn about each one of them in really their contributions to the women's movements and really redefining what the, the first lady's role was. I'm air quoting since nobody can see me, but the, what it was at that time period. So I'm having a new appreciation for all three of them, but especially Michelle Obama. I
1: love that. And the redefinition. So now again, disruption, redefinition, change, all of the and boundaries, all of those things. I love it.
0: Make your own rules. On- <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's almost like almost like that might be there, right? So yeah. Those are some leaders that, that you see as good leaders. What defines a good versus a bad leader? If you're, if you're out in the wild and you, you meet somebody or you're around somebody, or maybe audiences, they have somebody in their life and they can go, oh, this is a good leader. This is a bad leader. What are, what are the characteristics or the flags or the check marks that you look for?
0: Yeah. So good leader, I think is open and you and I have talked about being curious as well, like they're, and empowering and able to hear other people's opinions. And I would say, and I'm really glad we're kind of seeing the shift away from the authoritarian leader, the do as I say, not as I do work people to the bone person who really doesn't appreciate the value of the team. They're just focused on getting ahead and at all costs. So hopefully that paradigm continues to shift.
1: Yeah, I think that that's so important. I think back to myself, when I was a younger leader, I won't say super young, but I was a younger leader. And I remember creating reports with metrics and all of that. And And I cared about the team. I didn't really know how to express it, but everything was, how do we get that extra percent? How do we get those extra 3%? How do we work a little bit harder and push all the way through without connecting the value of people first? and yeah. So that I, I love as well that we're moving away from that. Are there specific flags that you would call and say, oh, bad leader alert immediately that that jump out as you see them? Or is it just the opposite of what you've already mentioned?
0: That's a really good question. I don't know. I I do a lot of things very intuitively. So I think... It's more the feel of, and it's hearing somebody say something particular way that I'm gonna be like, mm, yeah, no, thank you. So but, it
1: feels wrong.
0: Yeah, it just feels wrong, and and I'm trying to think of like some language that I've heard people use where I'm like, no, nah, am not gonna hang out in your in your world, I'm taking my my little game over here, but nothing's coming to me right now.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. What I, I think is it feeling wrong is that. Yeah you have a sense, you've already clearly laid out what you said, this is what's right. And what I'm hearing is anything that's a disconnect from that is gonna yeah. feel wrong.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna add to like core values is huge for me. And I know that's kind of the buzzword right now as well, but that I, I use that as a decision-making framework as part of how I make decisions. So people who are very clearly not really aligned with any value that is positive I'm not attracted to or, or yeah. want to be a part of.
1: So. It, it seems that you like to connect with people who are clear as well, not just that they are aligned with something, but they have an idea of what they're aligned with, that they've thought about it. Is that accurate?
0: I, I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, because like the people that I tend to work with, they're not clear, but they want to be clear.
1: Okay, Right. that desire to be clear. Yeah, is,
0: and they right. don't know what they're hung up about or hung up with and kind of helping peel back the the layers of the onion to figure out if, you know, what their core values are, what their parameters for making decisions or how to get a closer alignment with their true like purpose and themselves. For me, is a lot of fun to do, but it helps them obviously succeed in every other area of their lives, not just their business.
1: Yeah. And and helping them get to that space is important, right? Yeah. As you look back, so you, we just talked about now here's present day. I know what a good leader is. I know what a bad leader is. I've got my core values, all that. When is. If you can remember the very first time that you actually considered yourself a leader, I think we, we are leaders from a very early time, but when did you think, yeah, I'm, I'm a leader.
0: Right after I got divorced. And it was at the same time that I was having this epiphany about starting a business and like, oh, I can't play, like walk the same path as everybody else. Cause I don't like that one. And being really tied to that. If I continue to walk the path that I'm supposed, supposed to air quoting again, that people think I should, and I should just get a job and do whatever. And like, I'm going to be so misaligned with who I am and what am I showing my kids?
1: So and that that's was, the first time. Yeah. What is it within that that made you go, made you connect the dots, right? Because you were doing the things, but what made you go, yeah, I, I am a leader. I'm there. I Not not I'm there in that I've made it, but I'm yeah. there in that, in that I'm in that, I, I am in that role.
0: I mean, I could tell you what I was doing, and it just happened for me in that I used to get those big, like the giant post-it things you could stick on the wall that have the sticky, well, I'm about post it. So obviously they have sticky things on them, but <laughs> right. And I was mapping out the way I wanted my business to look. And then I was getting into like the, why, like, why is that important to me? And I may have been working with like my very first life coach at that point so probably was some piece of homework. And that's when everything connected as I was writing in my purple Sharpie that what, you know, I wanted my kids to see what failure was and that was okay. Right. Like I grew up where like failure happened, but that just meant you were, you were a bad person or you just didn't do it the right way or, you know, insert other things. And I wanted my kids to know that failure is fine. Like we just go down a different path.
1: I think it's very interesting that the first time you're connecting, that I'm, I, that you're a leader and, and grabbing onto that is in the midst of wanting to show that, that failure is okay and failure is growth and all of that. I, I love that picture.
0: Yeah. Well, I had to talk myself into like, okay, this is a good path. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe you won't make any get money. There. Right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause it, I knew what the stats were, right?
1: right. Like, not favorable, right? Yeah.
0: Like 90% of businesses fail in five years. All right, great. And you a single mom with essentially no support, you know, got to pay the bills.
1: Yeah, but you weren't about to let anything stop you. And I'm glad that you didn't. Oh, of course not. And speaking of not being stopped, you, you as leaders, we help create wins. And a lot of times we talk about it as, as I'm fortunate to be part of this, or it's the wins in our, or it's the wins in our own life that have occurred. What is the biggest win that you've helped another person create what's the one that that you treasure that you look and say this is a really big win that i'm proud of having of having helped create
0: i have a couple clients who have had different experiences but it's essentially resulted in them like tripling their business and overhauling their lives like at the same time where they'd come to me and they were very lost and when we started working together two of them were like, I'm not even sure that I want to have a business right now, but I'm going to invest in you so I can figure it out. (laughs) Like, and they never saw themselves as a CEO. They didn't see themselves as a leader. And they've now not only made a lot more money, which is fantastic, but who they've become has created incredible teams that they're moving fluidly. They're all supporting each other. Everybody is aligned. Both of those clients just like they've really kind of bloomed and become incredible human beings and not that they weren't before. I'm not saying that, but they've, I don't have the right words. They've just expanded and opened up in a way that I didn't even see possible. And I usually get, when I'm talking to people initially, like I get downloads about what is possible for them. So that was the really They really
1: stepped into their potential. Yeah. So it sounds like you helped build that path that allowed them to do that. I, I'm curious in each of those circumstances, and maybe it's the same for both. You mentioned that they changed as people, or they made it through a barrier. What is the thing that allows that to occur? What what has to happen for that to actually occur? Because I, I know there's a lot of technical stuff of do this, do that, do that, but that doesn't tend to be the change, right? Those are just the mechanisms of the yeah. It's
0: the, right. It's being open. Like they were unhappy. And I think it's self-awareness. They were unhappy and they were aware they were unhappy and they were open to doing the work and being uncomfortable to get to the change and to be the people they wanted to be and allow that to be messy and not linear and just put one foot in front of the other. Mm. And I think one of the things that makes me different is I'm not just the person that you talk to twice a month or you know, whatever, 45 minutes, they have access to me all the time. And they don't, nobody really takes advantage of that either. But when they're stuck on something, I get on the phone with them. Yeah, And that's what allows people to move forward is that they're not hanging out for another 10 days because, well, this is my call with Emmy.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate that so much. That's one of the things I tell my clients when I start working with them is I say, look, we're going to have our calls, our times, but if you hit a barrier, do not wait. Like, don't don't sit there and stew. We want you to be moving, and and that movement matters. And boy, we'll come to movement in a couple of minutes. But I I, I want to ask one more question specifically around leadership. And I love the the wins that you've created, and I know you've created many. So thanks for sharing the stories of two that that are close to your heart. Leaders learn and grow, and, and I think you and I both agree with that, right? That's that's part of what we do, and. Sometimes we, as we learn and grow and we go through the years, we find that our perspective has changed, that we have a different perspective than we once did. What is something that you passionately believed at one point, but now see differently?
0: I'm going to have to think about that. Ooh, we may have to yeah, I
1: told again. you I gave you the easy one earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a really good one. Well, I can share something silly.
1: Sure, that'll be a good bridge. Great. Right? <laughs> you know, so, I
0: started this business as a as a health coach, and one of the things, and that was you know ten years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the things when I went to health coaching school that they taught us was like kale and greens are you know was like the best thing on the planet for everybody. And I haven't read a ton of research now, but I'm starting to hear more and more about how kale is not good for you. And and it's partly because it has oxalates in it, which can cause I'm blanking, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, I need one of those like assistants to look stuff up when I can't remember right now. <laughs> but I'm
1: like, get it for me. Put it on the screen. <laughs> yeah, but I think it can
0: it can affect your bones in a negative not way it. if I'm remembering correctly. But anyways, there's something that happens that's not good for you. You've got to eat it in a lot of volume or eat right. like those types of vegetables like Brussels sprouts and some of the other greens. If you're eating a lot of them together, they can cause problems. But they are still good for you. But I definitely have been like, huh, isn't that interesting how nutrition has changed?
1: Right. And nutrition's so driven, it seems like, by the, the popular fat, right? Of yeah, this is this is the healthy thing. No, now this is. Now this is the, the core answers seem to have stayed over time. But there's a momentary superfood that comes out that this is the magic pill that we're all looking for. like put
0: kale in everything. Brush your teeth (laughs) with it. It'll be good for you.
1: Sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like sun-dried tomatoes, but they were were popular for two or three years for sure.
0: Yeah, and I was never that person's part of, was my frustration because when I had started health coaching, the like 30-day detox was the thing. And, you know, and lots of like lemon water, which is totally great for you for clearing and everything or cleansing. But again, everything in moderation. And I just couldn't buy into that and I wouldn't sell it. So it made it a bit more challenging. But the thing that really connected me and helped me shift into business coaching was that I was really focused on emotional eating and why we do that. Like what's behind that and. I really, I mean, truly to this day, still believe that all, I'm going to say food issues and I'm air quoting again, are tied to some sort of emotion or some sort of psychological thing because food's something that we have intertwined into every area of our lives from birth to death.
1: I feel that. I'm, I'm a huge emotional eater and I, yeah. I have so much tied to that and it's been a great health struggle for me. So I'd connect with that a little more than I wish I did, I guess is what <laughs> I'll say to that. To that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I wish I mean it's kind of an intangible, right? But I am seeing more health coaches now focus on that, which is great. I was mm. just a decade too early.
1: Well, the the truth is though that everything that everything that we do comes back to the cause rather than the symptom, right? right. And and it seems like in society we always have to treat the symptom first. We've got to put a band-aid on it first yeah. before we can go decide to figure out why we're bleeding.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not a Band-Aid person, so. No,
1: no, you're a rip the Band-Aid off person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, yes, I am. Sometimes a bit more gently than others. But.
1: Fair enough. I've been known for that myself. <laughs> well, we'll take that as a solid answer from you. We explored that pretty well. And well, let's talk about movement and growth. Uh, yeah. right, let's, the different types of, I, I'm a fan of that, that staying in motion is important. I know that you are as well, not that we don't have our moments to sit, but also I, I think that there's value in looking at where we've come from, what's changed, and that thus the the beginnings of the question that I had a moment ago. Looking back on your childhood, don't we just love this? Let's dive in, right? I'm all excited. Here's here's an easy one that is, I think, fun and your audience will enjoy. What was your favorite toy or game?
0: Oh my god!
1: This is when we put the Jeopardy music on. <laughs> we need it. All right,
0: so I had this like ratty old cloth diaper named mm-hmm. Snaky Pal. I've never divulged this before. First time. Oh yes. Yeah. That <laughs> apparently I had like it was my safety thing, or you and brought. Right. Everywhere. I don't know what happened to it. If I threw it away when I was 12 or something, but. Oh,
1: come on. You know, you have it next to your bed right
0: now. (laughs) I do not. I have down (laughs) times, but yeah, sneaky pals would come to mind. So
1: that's awesome. See, look, we're finding the deep secrets here.
0: Right? Right? My mother is going to, if she listens to this episode, is going to die last.
1: I love it. I'm going to have that image in my head for a long time, too. It was clean.
0: It was very clean. That's good. That's good. It was ratty,
1: but it was clean. Right. Got it. Well, Boy, I, I think of the things that my kid has had or the things. I have some things from when I was, from when I was little. I don't have things, too many things from when I was really, really little. More from like when I was high school age. But I, I still have some of those. I'm a, I'm a collector or a keeper of certain memory okay. items.
0: Okay. I am not. Like I got rid of all my yearbooks when I got divorced. And...
1: Yeah, I got rid of a lot of those. I, that's the weird thing. I get rid of a lot of things, but I keep, I have a memory box and I have very specific things in there. Like there's a cloth heart that when I met my wife that she, she sewed for me. And I carried it in my pocket every single day for fifteen years. Okay. And that's in my memory box, right? It's it's speaking of ratty and cloth. That's which is why I thought, right? I have I have these things. Now a different aspect of child of, of your youth. Huh. What is it? What is a statement or an idea or a comment that someone shared with you that still resonates today? And this could go a lot of different directions. Well, we hear so many things when we're little that later we still hear or still think about.
0: Not a particularly good one because I've spent a lot of time and money undoing it, but it was like girls are supposed to be seen, not heard. And it really kept me quiet, And which is in contrast of my personality. I'm mean, definitely... I like to observe the situation and I'm very reflective, but I also have strong opinions. Not that that should be a surprise to a lot yeah, I was people.
1: like, I'm pretty sure everyone, everyone listening knows that part.
0: Some people will be surprised. So like doing the work to work past that so that I could really say what I want to say and, and have it be okay. Cause there was a lot of like, oh, we should tone it down or, you know, mm. there's Emmy with her opinion again. So it has been, that's been a challenge.
1: It's, And I'm so glad that you have been working through that. And I hear that particular one so often from a lot of the women that I know. It's interesting, though, to think of these statements that often are casually made Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years later, in your case, 5, 10 years later, I totally get it. Um, you're (laughs) right, right. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying you had them when you were like six and we understand it's all right, but the power that those words have, and it's, it's amazing to me, even as I've interviewed different people and different types of abuse, that those who were physically abused and those who were verbally abused, the verbal abuse actually stuck longer in many cases. Oh yeah. And, And the good one, the good statements. It's, it's a lot like, I guess, like anything else. It, the good statements take a lot of effort to amplify mm. and the painful statements stick like they're Velcro. And yeah. so often that's there.
0: Yeah. I actually did a talk three or four years ago. It was like a mini TED talk about it. And but because I wasn't really, I mean, I moved past it at that point for the most part, but just, I see so many little girls who are vibrant and kind of loud and sparkly, just like I was. And, you know, in three minutes or three and a half or four minutes or whatever it was, I told the whole story of barrage and messages of like, you know, sit down, be quiet. Don't, like I'd get in trouble and the boys wouldn't, even though we were all doing the same thing and- Right. And, and how, you know, I entered my adult life as like almost shrinking back and unraveling that and, being louder and being okay with having an opinion and knowing that that's like that's okay was really an interesting experience. And making sure that my kids felt heard, even though they're both boys, I didn't want to continue kind of the just the ongoing generational like you've got to be in this little I'm gonna say box again.
1: Well, I, I and I connect with that so much. One of my greatest commitments in life has to been. It has been to be generational change for my kid. Yeah. And to give her the space to speak out and lead and, and be her in whatever way she was meant to be. And that has that's been so crucial. And so I I really relate to that. I respect the hell out of the fact that you did that for your kids. It's rare that it is done that consciously. At the same point, I'm sure there are statements that I made when she was young that I would love to have back. I I remember a moment where she came home from school and she said, you know what we did today? And I said, what our teacher asked us, what is something that your parent says all the time? And I'm just like, Oh man, yes. Child protective services coming. Like, like, what, (laughs) what what is coming next? And and she's like, I said, early is on time. And I'm like, good. I just had this huge (laughs) riddle. It could have went so many ways. Now, that's perfect. Oh, it was, ah. it was, it was such a moment. And I, 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 won't forget that moment anytime So The the panic they went through me. Thank God. Like, oh, Nobody no.
0: did that with my kids. Cause.
1: Oh. <laughs> or at least oh. they didn't tell
0: me about
1: it. <laughs> I was, I, I, somebody rolled the dice in it. Can the percentage just came out in my favor for a moment <laughs> because that could have been really ugly. Oh you
0: know, my kids and I have talked about it. They're you know, twenty-three and twenty-one now, and there's a lot of things that I've I either did or said or you know, whatever that I would never do now or even like five years ago, but I didn't know any better. Like I hadn't done the mindset work when they were little. I was just getting into that and I've just owned it and they're like, Look, one, we don't even remember that, so And like, we forgive you. Like I've owned up over and over again, over the years that like, I am doing the best I can with no playbook on my own, trying to be as educated and make as smart decisions as possible with the best info I have at the time. And sometimes that's not good enough.
1: Yeah, I tried to be in that space. One of the commitments that I made is that if I made a mistake, no matter how hard it was, I would always apologize mm-hmm. and I would always own it. And I would always say, "Look, I was wrong," and I wasn't going to wait until my child figured out that they'd made a mistake or that they're like right. that they'd taken their part. I just I just stopped and I'm like, "I was wrong. I handled that wrong. That reaction was not okay." And I found that the the respect that we have between the two of us because of those interactions is helpful. I never, I, I always wanted to be a more perfect parent but I never tried to be the perfect parent I never tried to claim that I was just like I don't try to claim that I'm the perfect coach or the perfect leader or anything like that and I I respect that humility in you
0: thank you thank you and to tie it back to leadership for a quick second yep I do like that's part of what I think makes a great leader and what I try to emulate and be as I'm leading my clients like all those skill sets for me are can't think of the word Transfer, there we go, transfer. There,
1: there, there you are, transfer.
0: <laughs> that was a hard one. Yeah.
1: When we think back to our childhood, I think there are things that we that we were passionate about that, that pull through and there are things that we're passionate about that we're like, that doesn't even really matter. What is something that mattered to you when you were younger, maybe a teenager or, or younger, that mattered to you, that you just cared about, that you're like, that, does, that really in the scope of things, it does not matter now? Good cool.
0: question too. I'm going to say that's hard to answer right now because like I moved so much that I was always in transition. So I was adapting to different locations, different schools, different parts of the country that I didn't really hang on to anything. Like I'm excellent at recreating. I have a PhD in recreate.
1: <laughs> got it. That rebuild restructure. You've got all, you've got that.
0: Yeah. Like anytime I feel like things aren't working like well how can i play with this to make it better so i really don't hang on to stuff very often well i'm sure there's a ton of things i hang on to that i'm not thinking about but it all right take the flip side
1: of it then and let's see is there anything that you really were passionate about as a kid that you are still passionate about that you still that you've held on to that is a thread that pulls through from your childhood
0: yeah like i remember being in fourth grade Maybe third, I'm still friends with Nancy Fernandez. So if she's out there, hi. So I'm talking <laughs> <different. I dance. laughs> But No, I remember being in, I think it was fourth grade and my mom made kind of the same stuff for dinner every week and I was bored. So my friend, Nancy Fernandez had different food at her house that kind of inspired me. So I started looking for recipes and I pulled a couple of things from some books my mom had, but had never made. And I'm like, let's make these.
1: that's awesome
0: yeah and i think i helped her but it's possible that she was generous enough just to make them herself and i don't think she particularly cared for them i thought they were great
1: (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) see you're I, i love this because we in my family we have this discussion of whether you're a same food person or a different food person and i am not a same food person i'm like on the extreme if I have to have something more than once every three or four months sing a same dish, it's that too works. much for me. Yeah. So I, I want hundreds of different dishes a year. Yeah. And they'll eat the same thing every day. I'm kind of on the same plan
0: right now. Cause I don't feel like cooking, but right. I spent years making gourmet meals every day. Oof. Every day. It's a lot of work. My ex-husband came home to restaurant, high-end restaurant dinner every night.
1: My goodness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I, well, I was having so much fun. Like I love, I love right. food and then like really good quality food and doing different oh, yeah. things. And And I taught myself to cook, but I was catering at the same time. And the first company I worked for up in Massachusetts, the chefs helped me. Like they were teaching me stuff too, as I was learning to do the event planning and serving aspects of the business.
1: It was, that's incredible. Yeah. See, all the more fun that I that I discover, and I love I I love food as well. That's a thread that's pulled through for me. Yeah. Although I do find it funny, maybe, and I'm curious whether you do whether you find this same thing that when I look back at the at the foods I remember from my childhood, and then I eat, even if I get what is the same recipe now, and I go, this doesn't taste the same. My wife says that that tastes like memory. Right? That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've had some of that with like random candy because I'm not a big sugar person. But there were okay. things that I had occasionally in my childhood that I've had. I'm like, ah, oh, that was so awesome. Or is it that one Halloween I got that in my candy basket, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get it now because I'm in this unique candy store and it's not made. And I'm like, oh god, that was awful. Yeah, total memory. <laughs>
1: I, w- I would say I'm not all about sugar but one of my nicknames is the Candy Man so I probably can't get away from that.
0: <laughs> oh, no, definitely not.
1: Oh my goodness. I suspect we asked this when I when, when you were on my show the first time. But do you have a favorite food or a favorite meal that just causes you to go, "Oh, that's it."
0: I am aware that I cannot live without chocolate because that makes me crabby.
1: Oh, no- we don't want that. I will just throw chocolate at you. It'll be okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did Whole30 um, this past January for 21 days, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with Whole30, it's not the whole time. And I, the not chocolate or the not having chocolate just about killed me. Like I was, and thank God. Now, do you have a I favorite chocolate? What's that?
1: Do you have a favorite chocolate?
0: No, like really good quality, dark chocolate, but it's. I, usually I like Ghirardelli
1: have... or Godiva, maybe.
0: I get different stuff from, from Whole Foods or if I'm in, again, little stores that like it's handmade chocolate I'll pay for
1: as we as we come forward to the present through the land of chocolate and goodness (laughs) well let's talk about inspiration and regrets we have we have a couple sides of the coin here we'll start with we'll start with the more fun side what is what is something that is a, a great inspiration or something that really inspires you that pushes you forward
0: my kids still inspire me My old, both my kids are kicking butt right now, but my older guys just, he went through a really hard time. He he basically failed out of college twice and then his girlfriend broke up with him and then he got fired from the job he had and spent like the next year really struggling and finding his path. And I supported him the whole way. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't do anything the normal way either. Why should you? And like, I wish you, you had said to me, you didn't want to go to college. We would have, you know, saved a few thousand dollars. But, right. right. But you know what? This will be the best investment we've ever had. And he probably spent the first year wandering aimlessly and just not really like mentally wandering aimlessly and not doing a lot. The next year he started reading the personal development books that I'd been pushing at him for several years. And He's just kicking butt right now. He has an amazing job. He just got his third raise in nine months and he's goal oriented and beautifully intense. And I'm so proud of him. Like, it's really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And my younger guy too, I mean, he's, he's even more hardcore with the, like, this is my introverted self and this is what I'm doing and you you don't like it. And not just me, but anybody like too bad. And he makes custom cabinets, and like they're both of them are following their passion and their dreams. So that's that's always inspiring. Speaking
1: of your biggest wins, right there, there you go. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing.
0: Who else inspires me? You know, sometimes it's just the women I'm around. Everybody has challenges, men, women, and it's just being there in those moments with them when they're going through it. One of my girlfriends just resigned from her corporate job and does not currently have a safety net and it's taken her a couple of years to do it, but she's been unhappy, underappreciated, undervalued, and the corporate culture doesn't, it wasn't, doesn't align with her. And to do that, it takes a lot of courage and she has a support network of girlfriends and family who are all going to be there helping her move through everything and she'll figure out what she wants to do on the other end. But that's really cool too. Like just to get to be a part of that.
1: That is cool. I love your stories of inspiration. Now let's flip to the other side of the coin, (laughs) assuming you have any, and I'm guessing you may, what would you say is maybe your biggest regret?
0: My biggest regret is. There's probably a couple layers to it. As much as I've kind of made my own path, I wish I had been stronger in voicing that at times, particularly through my divorce. Anytime that I haven't represented myself or my kids well, I really, am like, just frustrates me. However, I get do-overs all the time.
1: Do-overs are a beautiful thing, right? Right. Sometimes in the middle of the thing, we don't think there's a, such a thing as a do-over, or at least I don't. Yeah. And I'm going through it and I put so much pressure on it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes when I'm going in the middle of, through the middle of the thing, I'm like, oh, I could do this differently too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think it's any time that I like, I'm not in alignment with my core self and I'm much better at that than I used to be, but definitely, and I'll even throw this one out there too, since I'm bearing all today with sneaky pal. I knew before I got married that we shouldn't get married and I, but I thought it was cold feet and I didn't listen to that inner voice.
1: And I was going to ask, how, how did you know? Is it just you You felt it?
0: I felt it. Like, there was this dreads, not the right word, but it was coming to me. This, like, upset and, like, this is not.
1: This unsettled. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, and I really haven't ever talked to my dad about it, too. I think he did, too, because he kept offering me a ladder and 10 grand if we would, if I would, you know, not, like, we call a wedding off. But he was, like, he was joking. Like, and he, right, but.
1: joking but right yeah
0: yeah and he like those are the types of jokes that he does in general too so differentiating between is there really meaning behind it or not
1: especially when you're in the middle of it where it's probably pretty hard to be sensitive to that yeah and
0: like you know two weeks a week before you're supposed to get married i was like well everybody has cold feet so that should just be it right like i can't go back now (laughs) the thing's already done basically
1: so the regret I hear there is really the regret of not listening to your intuition. Yeah. 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 And, and now you're so passionate about saying it, 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 when I feel in alignment, when it's with the core values, when it's with those things. And I, I would support that as well. The things that I, were that I, I guess if I have regrets and, and I believe everything I've been through allows me to reach who I'm meant to reach. But if I have things that I would regret, it would be like you say, those that aren't in alignment with who I am now or the times that I. The times that my gut said no and I said yes anyway. Yeah. Right. That's, I, I believe largely that if our gut says no, it's always right or 99.9% of the time it's right. If it says yes, we should validate because we want it to say yes.
0: Yeah. No, my gut's, yeah, 99.9%. Yeah. It's, yep. And That's... the couple of times I've been off, it was lack of knowledge. Right. Uh, so that I could like really tune in differently.
1: So inform your intuition. Sounds like that's the, that's a key thing for you. Yeah. Ooh, do you have a process or a ritual for dealing with major change? You you said before, like, look, I'm a recreator. I'm a rebuilder. So is is there a process you follow? Or has it just become so instinctive now that you just hit change and are like, cool, change, next?
0: No, I definitely have a process because I tried to, like, speed it up a couple of months ago. And I was like, oh, wait, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you don't have to make like these decisions in a hurry and it it really starts with well what do i want to experience so that's the question i start asking myself and it's a lot faster and easier for me now because i that's like the process but i i think intentionally i started doing that when i realized that the boys were going to finally graduate high school and move out and i was like oh and i love my kids as i think everybody can hear but I was like, I get to, like, have my life back.
1: Right, what's that? Right.
0: And I had them at 27 and 29, too. So, like, I had them, in today's terms, fairly youngish. And I was like, and I'm not going to be, like, dead when they move out either. Like, there's still plenty (laughs) to go. So, I started thinking about, like, well, what do I want to do? Like, I don't have to stay in the burbs. And in this particular town, the... We've been in for at the time, it was like maybe 10 years or nine years. And so they could be in the same school district. And initially I was like, oh, I want to go to the beach. Cause I love, I love, we've talked about this, the ocean and everything. And half-heartedly started looking and I'm like, nah, I'm going to get bored. Like I can't move there if I'm going to be bored in six weeks. That's not going right. to be a good experience for anybody either. And then I started playing with, well, what if I move to Philly? Like I'll move, just move from suburbs into downtown. I was like, I'd never lived in a city before. So I spent more time in Philly and developed friends and relationships. And when it really came down time to get clear, like I was thinking about what, how would my work work? How would my friends work? How would, what would the lifestyle be like? What things do I like? What do I want to keep? What do I want to let go of? And that's really the process. It's just that kind of taking this big bucket of ideas and brain dumping them. I don't think I actually wrote anything down then. I do now, but just even from a like mental list and then sorting and kind of sifting and, and allowing new things to come in too. like, is it as much of a planner as I am? It's really just to give me a path so that I can it be intentional, but I always let new things come in as well.
1: I love I love that it reminds me of two phrases that I like a lot. One is structure drives behavior, right? Structure gives us the the spaces for the behavior and gets us to do the things and often create them on autopilot. And the other is discipline equals freedom. So when we have that structure and we have those things around us, it allows the freedom for all that other stuff to flow in, like you're talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's beautiful. And and it was fun for me. It's fun. Like I enjoy that.
1: and you do this frequently, you talk to people who I'm sure face big decisions, right? Yeah. Do I leave my job? Do I do I do this? Do I step out of a relationship? What is a piece of advice that you would give someone who is going to make a big decision that might help them make it better or come out on the right side of it? There's so much anxiety that surrounds these that I feel like it's a it's a worthwhile topic.
0: Yeah, I think not so much advice, but a question to ask is what's the worst case scenario and not just the first layer. Like you need to go down six or seven layers of that, right? Like I had to do this with one of my coaches too, where, and it was, it was part of that to help you get out of your own way and see things a little more clearly and that's like, well, if you lose everything, how important is that? Right? Like it's, and I'm going to say nine times out of 10 people come up with as long as The safety net is the people and the support around them and the love it's not the stuff. So even if you lose some stuff, but you're in integrity and you're being honest with yourself and you're communicating with the people around you, then nothing can really go wrong and things are always working out for you.
1: I think that gives us a good transition to the future. I've got two questions remaining. Look at you dancing through the gauntlet, like a ballerina. Uh, that's right i would now i want to see the tutu of course i, I or, or at least it could be a ratty old diaper i don't know <laughs> all right so now i'm gonna have to <laughs> call
0: my mother and find out if there was another toy like, There there's a oh. toy. i know there was a book but it was like this mommy book that she said i wanted to have read over and over again She's like, and I hated it because it was so traditional and it wasn't you. She's like, I don't understand why you liked it. Oh,
1: that's that's funny. We we read Thomas the Tank Engine over and over to my to to Bryce, yeah. and it wasn't until later that I realized that those trains are really mean. They're like, you're not useful. We're gonna board you up and put you behind behind bricks. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> don't. Sorry, you weren't useful enough. Nobody'll ever see you again. <laughs> What were we reading? Like, what was I teaching by reading this stuff? Sometimes you don't quite get there, but we read that whole book. I don't know. Oh, so when you pause to consider the future, you know, when you find yourself, when you go out for your walks or you're just thinking and you're contemplating the future and maybe, I don't know, maybe you're picturing yourself on top of a mountain looking around. What does the future look and feel like? What is your future or the future? Take it either way, whichever you like. What does it look and feel like?
0: You know, I'm in. I'm in an interesting time right now because for the first time in my 51 years, I'm completely unencumbered and I'm really only responsible for myself. So I'm in that place of what does the future look like? And so I think you and I have talked about, I'm yeah. looking at moving to Charlotte and, well, in the fall at some point, exact date, TBD, but um, I'm excited about that. Like it, it feels great. So In my head from that, like the next couple of years and beyond, and and kind of moving into that five to 10 year period, I'm like, some of it feels very expansive. I recognized the other week, like I want to do events again in a couple of different forms. Like I, before COVID, I had started doing something called the community table and it was 10 to 15 people. They came to my apartment building. I made dinner. We had really cool conversations about whatever was on my heart or head at that moment. And nobody was allowed to give a 30 second business pitch. Nice. Yeah. And business did get done, but it was really starting to pick up. So I'd like to do something like that again. And then obviously bigger, uh, more conference summit type of events. So I'm going to say expansion for the next five years and then slowing down. I want to buy the house, the old house that I've always wanted to renovate and make an invent space with it
1: nice yeah i i can't do the old house thing nobody wants to hand me a hammer and I'm i am not doing the work you're not doing the work okay i will well, hire
0: somebody to do the work because that's not my
1: got it yeah i I, I i think i could have it built from zero but they're rehabbing the old things is it's just i can't find the passion in it and I love it sounds like you've craved room. it well you love, love the rebuilding it. you said it earlier
0: yeah Yeah, and I love the stories. Like, our, the first house that my ex-husband and I bought was built in 1900, and we bought it from this woman who I had actually known through work and hadn't connected the dots when we were looking at the seller info. And she had grown up in that house. And it was cool to get her story and some of her family stuff, and then we renovated just about the whole thing. So if you're peeling back wallpaper that had been under you know, paint that had been under whatever and you find all these things and we found old toys and it just, I connect with that. Like, I love that. I want to not preserve it from the standpoint of not change anything or keep all this stuff, but I want to honor it that it happened. And I think too frequently we're willing to just erase everything and knock, knock it down and start over without taking into account, like what's happened and what's come before so we can learn from it.
1: This is one of those things where I really appreciate and respect the result, but have no desire to go through the process.
0: Yeah. Uh, as I said, yeah. I don't want to do the work. I just want I want somebody to do it. Right.
1: That's it. beautiful. And I, I do love the the old homes. I love the history. I have a history degree, so I certainly connect with that. From history to legacy. What is the legacy that you hope to leave? What will people say about you? She threw glitter. <laughs> Purple glitter.
0: It's multicolor. I have a bag which I occasionally threaten my VA with.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. I just mentioned, I'm like, I have my bag of glitter. and just starts to, to like convulse.
1: <laughs>
0: it's kind of the running joke right now. And I had to send her some stuff and I'm like, don't worry. I didn't put any confetti or glitter. in it. Oh, you're
1: going to say you're going to send her a glitter bomb. Aren't you?
0: No, I'm not. one of those where they open it and glitter her.
1: just goes everywhere.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I respect her dislike. And yeah, but. What are they going to say? I really, I really want to see more women have bigger dreams. Like really, well, I don't, not even have bigger dreams cause they're there. Acknowledge that it's okay to follow them and pursue them.
1: Put it more outward. What would they say about you afterwards? So it's great that they're going to have dreams. What would they, what would they say about you?
0: Emmy helped me get there. Without Emmy, I wouldn't be in XYZ place.
1: That's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. It's I think for for us it's almost hard to force ourselves to that spot where we where we say it from their perspective. And I think it's important. I think, I think it's Im- important that we that we get to that vantage point and allow ourselves that moment. And I can say that you have you have helped me. You've been an inspiration to me. You've been a connection and a friend that I treasure and I am excited for what you bring to the world, to your clients, to your friends, to your life, all of it. And so your, your legacy is secure and solid and growing and wonderful. Thank you for allowing me the space.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I received that with such honor too. Like it's, I appreciate you as well. And you are extremely wise.
1: Not a word that would have ever been attached to me for most of my life. So I, I I appreciate that. And I received that.
0: do me a favor too, and share with everybody how they can people can connect with you. We're gonna have all the links and stuff in the show notes. But let's
1: well, let's one say. of the easiest ways is to is to find the Dreams Are Real podcast. That's uh, and, and you and listen to Emmy's two episodes: one where I interview her, and then one the other way around where she does this fun experience for me. And I also connect quite a bit on Facebook and you'll find either my name, Dan McPherson, or Dreams Are Real is the best place to go. The Dreams Are Real Facebook group. And lastly, if you're not a Facebook person, if you're just like, look, I listen to these things and I message people, my email, dmcpherson at leadersmustlead.com. Nice and simple. I'd love to talk because my core belief is people matter most, relationships are everything. And if I don't have one with you, I'd like to have one.
0: Yeah. And you, I think, are unusual in almost everybody I've met where you really, not only are you saying it, you mean it, but you act on it. So I, that's one of the things I I value about you is you just randomly check in with people.
1: Thank you. I, I am passionate about it. I'm behind at the moment where I would like to be, but yes, I try to meet 10 new people a week and I try to reach out to at least 10 people that I already know that I'm not regularly in contact with.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for for interviewing me and taking over the podcast.
1: Thank this you, it's fun. been fun.
0: Yeah, I had to thank, divulge secrets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll keep digging deeper, keep finding more of those secrets. They're there and they're fun and you're amazing. So it's great to, great to discover them together.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to, and I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.
1: We'll be right back. back.